0: Welcome to Foolish Voices, a Company of Fools podcast. Company of Fools is a professional theater company based in Sun Valley, Idaho, and is a proud part of the Sun Valley Museum of Art. More information can be found online at svmoa.org. Welcome to Foolish Voices. I'm Scott Palmer, Producing Artistic Director of Company of Fools, and on this show, we talk to a wide range of theater artists both here in Sun Valley and all across the world about how the current global health crisis is impacting their work, about their creative lives, and about their hopes for the future of our art form. Please consider supporting Company of Fools by making a donation in any amount via our podcast platform or online at svmoa.org. In this episode, I have the great pleasure to talk with Deanne Stewart, who is both a Broadway star and was a performer in Striking 12 with Company of Fools. Deanne has most recently been seen on Broadway in the new musical Jagged Little Pill. She is originally from Rochester, New York, and is a proud alumni of Ithaca College. Last summer, Deanne closed out the second national tour of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, as one of the Sherrells and the Uptown Singer. Other performance credits have allowed Deanne to perform on stages ranging from off-Broadway to outdoors in Sonoma, California, across the high seas from the Mediterranean to Japan, and of course right here at Sun Valley's own Liberty Theater. You can learn more about Deanne at deanne stewartcom and follow her adventures on Instagram at Deanne Stewart. I will include those links in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Foolish Voices, Deanne. How are you?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um I'm I'm doing well all things considered.
0: <laughs> and where and tell us where you are right now.
1: Um so I'm in New York City. Yeah, I'm I live in Brooklyn. Um and so I'm I'm home. I'm
0: home. And <laughs> yeah. and you've been home for you've been home for a little while, haven't you?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I've been self-isolating mostly uh since um the broadway suspension <laughs> was put in place um i was you know i, w- I was out a little bit for a couple of days after that like in and out um but i i think i've been fully uh quarantined or self-isolated since the sunday before last wow yeah it's like a week and a half now you
0: hanging in there
1: yeah, I mean I'm <laughs> I find this not too difficult. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's just because like I'm generally the kind of person who I I mean I like being home. I like my apartment. I like <laughs> like I, I like I like being home and if I don't have to be anywhere, I'm usually at home. So mostly, you know, like for me, um like working on Broadway, it's like my days are more so spent at home and then, you know, I leave and I go to work. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not too, you know, there's been a couple of moments where it's like, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Been inside for
0: a while. (laughs) (laughs) And what have you been doing to keep your keep yourself occupied?
1: Um, I mean I personally feel like I always have so many things that I do need to do. And especially, I don't know, especially as an actor um, and as an artist, I feel like there's always like the computer work. There's always, you know, Oh, like I need to do, I, my website needs some updates. Oh, I need to like do these, you know, submissions or, you know, whatever it is. So I've just been, I've been, I've been doing, I've been taking care of my apartment a lot, um, a lot of cleaning. It's <laughs> never been, you know, this
0: consistently. Cleaned. Perfectly spotless, completely <laughs> yeah. spotless every surface.
1: I know, which like, I love that. Yeah. It's just something I never normally really have the time for. <laughs> so that's been nice. And, you know, some extra, like, you know, taking care of myself, like, you know, some more moisturizing and
0: <laughs> I have given myself at least three <laughs> facials in the last week and a half yeah, I, don't, I, I don't really need to but I don't really have anything else going on so I, my skin is amazing right now
1: yeah I mean I feel like I feel like that's going to be the general consensus when this is all over it's like everyone's going to come outside and you know some people will definitely see the effects of you know no haircuts and right, no right. No, uh, no eyebrows getting waxed <laughs> for a while but you know for the most part it's like skin should be great you should be hydrated yeah <laughs> like, all that
0: stuff is going to be amazing that. so i just i honestly the what as you were talking about sort of updating your website i can tell you like every actor friend i have across the planet has posted something on Facebook or Twitter in the last four days saying, oh, it's about time for me to update that website. Oh, it's about time for me to update my reel. So, I mean, at least you, everyone is gonna be sort of prepared for when Broadway reopens and theaters get back to work, everyone is gonna have updated resumes and websites, right? That's that's an upside?
1: Yeah, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like that's it's ironically, a few days before, you know, the suspension went into place, I I will admit that I had said, I was like, you know, I could use just like a couple days. (laughs) I could use a couple of days of not being able to go anywhere to just get some things done. You know, even like my taxes, (laughs) I've got, you know, got finally gotten a jump on that and things like that, where it was just like, you know, it's to an extent, it's definitely nice to be like, Oh, you know what, everything else has to slow down. So like, what are the things that you've been ignoring and bypassing and putting off and all that stuff. And I've seen a lot of it um, in some really amazing ways from like some friends, like creatively, uh, people putting um, time, like having the time and energy to put into like some passion projects and things like that. So uh, while a lot of you know, it's it's not a not great situation for so many reasons. Um, I think there's a lot to be taken from it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that's uh, just I'm taking a moment to sort of realize that you know this may not be exactly where we want to be, but there are things we can be doing with this time. I think that's uh, that is certainly what I have discovered over the last uh, week and a half. What yeah. so talk to me? I'm fascinated and worried and nervous to hear stories about what happened on Broadway with the closure. Like, how did that land in New York?
1: I mean, I definitely feel like, I will say at least, like, especially within, like, my cast and amongst some friends in other shows, it was something we all, you know, kind of saw coming at least, like, a few days before it actually happened. And, it just, you know, if you were paying attention to what was happening in the world and what was happening uh, and beginning to happen so rapidly in New York, it was just like, oh, well, this feels like it's going to be inevitable. Um, and I mean, it didn't make the news any less shocking, I guess, at the same time. Um, it was just, it was definitely, it was like a, whoa, you know, like this like this is this is unprecedented <laughs> this is never this has never happened like Broadway has never been suspended for four weeks is what they initially said, but I think we're all aware that it's gonna you know have to probably be a bit longer mm-hmm. than that um so i think I think everyone was a little you know a lot of sadness i I know was felt from you know from myself to an extent, but I know from a lot of other people um just about people, you know, just losing their jobs suddenly, right. like that's always like kind of just a scary and um, very sad thing. And, um, and just also about like, not getting, you know, not getting to tell our stories, not getting to do what we love. And we know that um, a lot, I think most of us know that our jobs are, you know, important for a a reason that's beyond, you know, our own benefit and, you know, beyond making the money and stuff. It's like for the audiences and for the people who are coming to see these shows, oftentimes to escape from their own, you know, realities and to experience something beautiful. So that's, that's a little, you know, it's a little sad that that's not happening right right
0: And Uh, were you actually in performances for Jagged Little Pill and they, and it was canceled?
1: Yeah, we, I mean, we found out, um, we found out, I want to say it was through two, three o'clock. I mean, honestly, when, when everyone else found out on the news,
0: you guys, you guys (laughs) found out at the same time, right? Yeah,
1: when Governor Cuomo (laughs) said it (laughs) um, in um, his speech that day is really when we all found out for sure Um, and from there, yeah, it was just kind of like a crazy, a crazy afternoon. I had actually been, I'm, I'm getting married in September. Oh,
0: congratulations.
1: Yeah. So I had actually been that day upstate in the Catskills with my fiance and, um, my future in-laws. And so we, there's no service, (laughs) no service up there. And so we were driving back um, and the whole, you know our whole day was structured around me being able to get back in time for the show. Um, And we were driving back and then all of a sudden we like hit a point of service. And all of a sudden I get all these texts like, oh my gosh, like Broadway shutting down, (laughs) like Broadway suspended, what's happening? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wow. So that's how I bow down.
0: That is crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was I crazy.
0: just have this image of you and your fiance and and your in-laws in the car and the, just these text message bings going off. Like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know, just a thousand <laughs> text mean, messages coming in. That's and pretty much, yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you that when I told my husband that I was uh, doing this podcast with you and that you were in a Jagged Little Pill, um, he he lost his mind a little bit. He is he is an obsessive Alanis Morissette fan. Like like I love Prince in a way that no one understands. Okay, uh, and choice. he loves Alanis Morissette in a comparable fashion. So he demanded that I ask you to just tell about your experience working on that musical. Like what was it like?
1: This show, so I mean, the show is so good,
0: <laughs> yeah. I've heard such great things. But Brian and I, my husband and I were planning to head to New York, and it was like he was like, "We have to go to see the show and And, of course, then this whole thing happened, and we're not yeah. ever sure, you know, when we're going to be able to get out there. But mm-hmm. I've heard such great things about it,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's so fascinating and so amazing to see how, um, how that album how jagged little pill album just was such as what such a story in and of itself and how it was so um almost seamless seamlessly transferred into like this show like the, into this entire this entire story about this family that is just so relatable on so many levels to i think like any person who sees our show it's just there's something that you get some character that you can like fully identify with or that you you know an experience that you or your family has dealt with um and that's like one of the really amazing things about the show it's just so it just resonates for mm-hmm. anyone and everyone um so I, yeah i mean the music's obviously great
0: like, right right <laughs> don't
1: know what that is <laughs> right
0: um, them, did, yeah. did you get a chance to kick it with Alanis at all?
1: I have not so I came on board later I am um, I was like the newest member of the pill um, as the first replacement in the cast um, So
0: all the good Alanis Morissette downtime yeah. was right before you got there
1: Yeah, I'm
0: sorry about all. that
1: I knew, <laughs> You know, it's like, especially, (laughs) I feel like I tell myself, like, with the way, however all this plays out, it's like, whenever we're coming back, like, it's going to be such a big deal, so maybe she'll come.
0: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right.
1: Maybe she'll be there. (laughs)
0: Uh, I will immediately begin asking my husband to start contacting all the Alanis Morissette fan sites and argue for that very point.
1: Yeah, we need
0: it. I mean, he's on it. Like, he's totally on it. He's gonna make that happen for you. Um, and, but, I mean, that's not the only Broadway show you've done, right? Like, you did the national tour of Beautiful.
1: Yeah, I was on Beautiful tour um, for for like a, a year of the tour the tour's life. So the right. tour, they've done like this um, very nice uh, like hiatus for the summer for the last couple of years so um so like i was on it for like a tour year was like 10 months so like the school year basically right um but yeah and that was that was really cool a lot of fun and
0: carol king i mean you know she has a house here in the valley people love her here um it's yeah. a it's a great connection <laughs> how i mean I, you know i have never I,
1: I carol sorry sorry what I've kicked it with Carol.
0: Have you kicked it with Carol?
1: <laughs> yeah, I. So I've gotten I've gotten to meet Carol twice. Um, one the first time was like only we were probably five weeks maybe into um, into. Uh, so I did, like, it was the launching of the second national of the tour. And so, like, we did, like, it was a full, you know, retecking and right. all that jazz. Like, Mark Bruni was there. And, like, it was, you know, the whole shebang. Um, and so we were probably, like, five yeah, five or six weeks maybe in. And <laughs> it was the craziest thing. We were in Costa Mesa, California and we finish you know we're doing bows and like earth moves is the song that happens um right uh after the bows and so we finish like our initial bows and then all of a sudden no like the music doesn't start for earth move to start and we were like just all kind of standing there and we're like oh my god what's going on (laughs) You
0: know, what did we do what did we do wrong (laughs) we're
1: just like well we're like why isn't you know our conductor sue sue drowes we're like why isn't Sue playing? What's happening? (laughs) And we're like, Oh my gosh, something's going on. And then all of a sudden we look over to the right. And there's Carol. Is just like, she's like, ah, like she's just beaming in the wing and she's coming out and I'm on the side. Like I was on the side where she was entering and I just like, was like, what? (laughs) 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 what? I was like, Oh my God, that's that's Carol King. Like she's right here. She is right there.
0: She's there. There she she is. (laughs)
1: So yeah, it was just like it was just so crazy and then she performed Earth Move with us. And Really? Yeah, it was it was honestly I it's like hard to even speak about it because even though and I've also like met her again since then. But like that time, like oh it was such a surreal moment. Like the energy, luckily, um I, I think, like, obviously a couple people knew, like, I think our company managers, like, knew she was coming, but they didn't tell anyone really until right before, like, they told um, our Carol, uh, Sarah Backel, they told her, like, right before she went out to bow, so she had come out to bow, and she was, like, kind of, like, wiping away tears, and we were, like, what's going on? i are like, oh, Sarah, okay, weird, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she's crying, weird, um, <laughs> But well, like, because obviously, like, she needed to know. Um, but they didn't really tell people except for I think a couple of the like maybe a couple people on our crew who were back in the booth. They like they knew they had just found out too, so they recorded like oh. the action. Oh my gosh, it's the best video
0: ever!
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, people are literally like running and like just like falling to their knees. Like, oh just- my gosh. <laughs> It was crazy. That's yeah, and, great. Yeah, I, same, know, I
0: love I, stories like that. I love stories like that. Yeah,
1: I know it's it's wild. But the second time I met her, I actually got to perform with her. Fourth um, of July, uh, right after we closed the tour, um, some people from the tour and then some people from the Broadway company performed at um, a Capitol Fourth, the big PBS-like celebration. And yeah, and I got to do that with her. It was like really that was like a really fun one because it was like we were, you know, just like hanging at uh like sound check and stuff for a couple hours, like the whole day, like kind of together. And it was just like, Hey, hey Carol. Hey, what's <laughs>
0: going on? How's it what's going? Up? How are you?
1: <laughs> Good to see you again. I'm like, what? Yeah,
0: insane. That's so great. Oh, I love that. That makes that makes me so happy. I've heard such great, I haven't had the chance. People keep saying that they bump into her every once in a while at the grocery store and catch them. And I'm like, maybe I should just go hang out at the grocery store and catch them and see if I can <laughs> bump into her. Um, so but you also had the opportunity to perform here with us with Company of Fools and striking twelve. Oh. Tell me a little bit about your experience working on that show with the fools.
1: Oh wow. Well I mean, it's still, it's one of my favorite, one of my favorite experiences, honestly, um, of my life, like not even just my career, but it was just like such a special time. The show was a show that I didn't know before and I, it's one of my favorite shows my fiance always says or I mean I don't know if we should tell anyone else this but I, <laughs> my fiance always says that that's her favorite show that I've
0: done really
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um it's I mean it's just it's just like that show striking 12 was just such a fun little surprise um, and I think it's something that a lot of people don't know a piece mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't know and um, but I think like if you experience it it's kind of like oh wow like this is a really special piece the music's great the story is very uh, very moving but also like there's a lot of comedy and you know light-hearted moments and especially for a show that is built around like the holiday time it's it's such a nice it's a nice take on um you know i think they, they call it the unholiday holiday musical right um and it it, it really is it really is that but and I, I i really loved the fact that it's about new year's as well which mm-hmm. is you know not like a uh you know religiously specific holiday in, Stuff like that. It's just like you know, we all <laughs> New Year's happens for all of us,
0: so. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's a it's a show that celebrates a season, not necessarily a particular religious holiday. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And it, I mean, it just kind of dives into a lot of the you know, New Year's is always a kind of a funny time. I think to me, it's always a little bit. It's always been a little bit of a weird time, um, and I, I I think it's like a really nice take on you know that that journey and you know, analyzing a lot, you know, analyzing a lot about your year and your life and where are you now and what, what you're looking for next and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like being in Haley, like being in, being in the Valley, oh, it was, it was the best time ever. (laughs) Had
0: you ever been out here before?
1: No, no. And I'm always like, how do I go back?
0: (laughs) You know a guy. You know a guy. If you don't, you know, if we open before Broadway, give me a call and and we'll figure something out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing out there. Everyone's so great. The people are so, so kind and loving and welcoming yeah.
0: Well, I have heard. I'm honest. I'm not. I am not kidding, Deanne. I cannot tell you the number of stories I've heard about you and about your performance in that show. Um, just how magical and how brilliant you were in in the production. Chris Carwithin, who was one of the actors that you performed with, yes. who, who's you know our 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 little our little master Carwithen. Um, he he, honest to God, he just cannot stop. Talking about how amazing you were and how much fun it was to work with you, and so, um, so yeah, thank you so much for for contributing your talents to a bit of Company of Fools history. We really appreciate wow. it. And um, I mean, all of these all of these conversations kind of lead me to the inevitable question about sort of, you know, now that you're the Broadway's on suspension and that there are questions about when it's going to be re- reopening, have you? Have you spent any time kind of thinking about what this moment means for our industry and our art form?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think <laughs> there's going to be a whole new normal, right? For kind of for everyone, but especially in this industry, um, I think we're going to see a lot of changes, uh, hopefully for the better. Um, with Broadway in particular, it's kind of like, you know, we've already had, I think, two shows thus far, at least, uh, I've, I've been away from like social media and honestly trying to stay out of the news <laughs> for, uh, most of my time, um, being at home, but, I know of at least like two shows that have announced, you know, that they're, that they won't be reopening. Right. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a very scary time um, with seeing how, you know, how finances, how um, the, the backing and all that stuff like really affects, affects the shows and affects like the art that we're able to make. Um, and especially with like smaller, you know, the regional theaters around, um, it's going to be it's going to be a little scary to see, you know, how people are able to pull through. But I think that we're going to pull through um, because I think if, if nothing else that I've seen during this time already is that we are able and so willing to to really just like do what we have to do to help each other, um, as artists, especially as artists and people you know in this industry in particular, um, I've just seen so much of people doing, you know, people who are like, oh, like someone in my cast, like they're having, you know, they're having particular financial hardships or whatever, like creating GoFundMes. Like, so someone's like, I'm going to create this GoFundMe for you because I know you need the support and I know people can help you and you're not going to ask for it. But, (laughs) but like, you need that from someone. And I think there's just been a lot of that where, you know, people are asking for help and people are doing what they can to try and help. And so I think that, I think that ultimately we're, I think we're going to make it (laughs) and we're going to, we're going to find the ways, you know, we're going to, we're going to set up the GoFundMes and the Kickstarters and all that stuff. And we're going to find the funding if we, you know, I'll have to bang on the government's <laughs> door or whoever like we're going to find it and even if that means like for you know some places will be dark for longer than they want to be I think we'll all come back eventually.
0: Right. I mean are you are you seeing uh, I, certainly from the regional kind of regional theater perspective right we are all all of my artistic director colleagues all across the country are like, oh my God, how do we get stuff online? Right. How do we make, how do we make streaming content? How do we get our archives and start showing that kind of stuff? Are you seeing similar sort of responses from the Broadway kind of New York community? Or is New York sort of like, meh, we're gonna get there. It's gonna be fine. People are gonna come back and fill these seats.
1: Um, yeah, I know I do know, you know, it's like the Met, and um I don't know if, like maybe like Lincoln Center. Um, a few places have like done, you know, they're streaming of certain shows that's been that has been happening. Um, and I think people are totally trying to utilize all those resources, right? Like, especially with the shows that are currently dark, you know, like my, between Jagged Little Pill and like, you know, other um, bigger commercial shows that are happening right now that are dark at the moment. I think they're really trying to find ways to engage and to keep the fan base, um, you know, uplifted and engaged and desiring for the show to come back. Um, because I think that I think that's like a huge I think that's a huge thing um and that's that's going to be a big part of like I think kind of especially on Broadway like who makes it and right fortunately doesn't you know just like these the online like fan bases and all that stuff um so yeah I know I know like my show there's been a lot of um I don't know. It's like some people, you know, people have been, you know, posting their own personal th- creative, like, performances and stuff online. And so, you know, the shows have been, like, reposting that. And, um, I mean, the Rosie – did you see the Rosie O'Donnell?
0: I, I saw parts of it, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So I know. Like, amazing. Like that, that I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, you know, there are ways where <laughs> – You know, I think, I think everyone's, everyone's doing their best and it's just, it's going to take so much more time to tell, you know, like kind of where, where the pieces really fall. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts just as an, as an actor and as a performer? I mean, I think one of the things we are trying to kind of wrap our heads around in the same way that you were talking about, you know, your show trying to just be present in people's minds, right? Because they, you know, you can't come to the theater, you can't see The Fools, you can't see Jagged Little Pill. Don't forget we're still here, we're waiting to come back. Um, But one of the things we've been talking about with the artists here at Company of Fools is just that, that, that challenge of really hungering for and needing that connection between artists and audience that really only happens in a theater space mm-hmm. and what it means to suddenly be asking people to think about creating a, a deeply intimate, sort of you know very connected style of performance, thinking about how to transfer that into something that can go onto YouTube or Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Like what are the challenges or what do you think about that change to the way performers interact with audience?
1: Um, I mean, I think, I think on an individual level, like artists have been kind of not, not ahead of the game on that. Well, yeah, I think ahead of the game um, in comparison to like theatrical, like institutions or companies, right? Like I think just because of the fact that, you know, self-taping and things like that has have been um, so prevalent in the last few years for us. Um, I think, like, you know, it's like you learn a lot of people already have, like, the good lighting equipment mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, already have the, the little setups, the microphones, the decent enough camera and all that stuff. Um, so I think, like, that's, like, one thing that's one thing that is still, um, that is working in the favor of like the actor, um, an artist right now. But for, I mean, for me personally, I, I'm like the worst with, um, I'm not great with, (laughs) with, like, with, uh, video content and things like that. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I've never, I've no, I always, I always, um, cringe when someone's like, oh, <laughs> can you send me some video? Right. <laughs> You're
0: like, I don't want any. Give <laughs>
1: me over some video links. I'm like, oh, I don't have any or like, <laughs> people that I have are like seven years old. Right, or like, right. I hate them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's like, it's a little hard and I get very, videos just make me just kind of crazy. Yeah.
0: It's a different, it's a different thing, right? I mean, it's just an entirely different kind of thing. And I think, um, you know, as a director and, and uh, if I had wanted to direct television or film, I would have tried to go down that path, right? Yeah. Um, but I want I want to be in the balcony watching my show while other people are watching my show so yeah. I can get that energy feedback and I can have that that sort of immediacy of that experience. I mean, it, it's really fascinating. you're you're sort of the seventh or eighth person I've done this podcast with. And one of the consistent themes that keeps coming out in these conversations, particularly with actors, is, this notion that, that actors as artists have always been a little bit ahead, as you say, of the institutions, right? That, that we, like, that institutions are so worried about the rules and about ticket sales and marketing and, and concessions and merch and all that kind of stuff. And while, while we've been trying to figure out the quote unquote business industry side of it, actors have been like, look, we gotta, we gotta get, we got to make a living. We have to get ourselves out there. And, yeah. and so um, I, I just, it, it brings me so much hope to think that artists like you and and other artists that are out there have sort of been preparing for this moment where institutions are struggling and are finding themselves off balance. But that doesn't mean that our artistic base is equally off balance. I mean, it feels to me like actors have been preparing for this moment longer than institutions have. Would you, you think that's right? I could just be making that up. No,
1: I think you're totally right. And I think it's just a matter of like, I mean, I've I've seen some really fascinating things and what you just said reminded me of this in just a slightly different way, but I've seen a lot of commentary in the little bit of time I have spent on social media recently um, about how things to things seem to be um, kind of flipped upside down and like the roles seem to be reversed in a lot of ways where, you know, when we realize like who is considered an essential worker, a lot of those roles and a lot of those jobs are, you know, lower paying jobs. Like the people who are working in the grocery stores, the people who are, you know, delivering your food, um, like all, all of those a lot of those different things where it's like, oh, a lot of people would turn their noses up to those people. um, But right now it's like, they're the people we're all relying on. Right. um, And the people that we need to, you know, still be able to function as much as we can. Um, And so I think that's kind of a similar thing in the theater right now, where it's like, you know, the control and the power has always been really in the, you know, in the hands of the institutions, in the hands of the casting directors, in the hands of the people who are, you know, hiring us. But right now it's like the artists and the actors are the ones like creating content. They're, for the most part, it's like they're creating the content that the, that the institutions are then trying to use to stay right. relevant right, right now. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's so it's so interesting because I think, you know, at one of the, like, giant 80,000-foot philosophical level, one of the things I am hopeful of is that this experience of the last two weeks and whatever we're about to go through in the coming months will remind us to be artist-centric, right? To... to mm-hmm to return our focus as theater institutions not you know it's not to dismiss the importance of people who do marketing and people who design programs we need all of that stuff but this is a really great reminder that the reason we do this the only reason we can do this is because of the artists and and if and if anything gives us an opportunity to pause and think back on, are we centering artists in this process? Are they really our focus? Um, or, or have we lost sight of that? Um, my hope is that this gives us an opportunity to take pause and sort of say, actually, the only reason we are able to do this is the artists and, and they really need to be the center of our focus and the center of our support, right? I think.
1: Yeah.
0: I, God, I hope that happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> me too. <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> I also it sounds too. like
0: you would vote for that if I put it forward as a national sort yeah. of initiative, I mean, you would be I mean, on my board.
1: Other, my other like major hope is just that we don't see that it doesn't get, after this is all over, that it doesn't get savage. That like that the artists yeah. remember that like we're all in the same boat Like, because I I was talking to a friend, honestly, just before I got on with you um, about about all of the transition that's going to happen between, you know, shows that may potentially close and shows that, you know, were supposed to happen right now that are either being postponed a couple of months. And therefore, like for the the people who, you know, maybe someone had a gig currently, and then they were lined up for another gig um, in a few months that like now they conflict. So it's like, okay, something's going to have to get recast, you know? There's going to be a lot of, like, weird shifting in terms of, like, casting and um, things like that where it'll be like, oh, like, this one, you know, this one track randomly needs to be filled. And I just don't, I I hope, I'm hoping that, like, it just doesn't get too savage with the fact that there's probably going to be more unemployed actors than, you know, than there have been in a while for a while because less less shows will be happening when they start happening again and um i just hope it just doesn't you know that as artists and actors that we're still that we're kind to each other right. We recognize we're all in this crazy situation and there are not enough they're not going to be enough jobs for a while and you know we just we just have to be kind and loving to each other
0: yes i yes yes please please let that be the case (laughs) i am i am also very hopeful and i'm i mean i can feel it happening already in some ways right like you know as arts organizations are shutting down seasons and pushing things back and uh, where, where we used to be very collaborative and open and communicative with each other, you know, I can already kind of get this sense of like, well, when are you going well, to open again? Well, I don't know. When are you going to open again? Well, I don't right? know. When are you going to be like, oh my God, we're, we're all in the same industry where we, don't you remember when we used to hold hands and sing Kumbaya? This was great. Like we have to make sure that we retain that focus of support and mutual respect. And, and, understand, you know, that it's, it's making sure all of all of us survive and thrive when this is all over. So I agree, I would vote for that if you put that forward as a national initiative. I I agree. Well, it has been an absolute delight to talk with you, Deanne. Thank you so much. This has been Scott Palmer, Producing Artistic Director of Company of Fools and Foolish Voices. Please consider supporting Company of Fools by making a donation in any amount via our podcast platform or online with our parent organization, the Sun Valley Museum of Art at svmoa.org. We have had the great pleasure of listening to a conversation with Deanne Stewart, a Broadway star and a performer for Striking 12 at Company of Fools a couple of Christmases ago. Deanne was most recently seen on Broadway in the incredible new musical Jagged Little Pill, and I am going to get out to New York and see you in it. I can promise you that. <laughs> My husband will never speak to me again if I don't. You can learn <laughs> more about Deanne Stewart at deannestewart.com and follow her adventures on Instagram at at Deanne Stewart. That information will be included in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Time.
1: Thank you. Thanks. It's been for a real pleasure.
0: Me. And will you just keep us posted when, uh, keep us posted on how things are going, and when it all reopens, and what you're doing next?
1: Yes. Yes, I will.
0: Great. We will let our audiences know. Thank you so much. This has been Scott Palmer for Foolish Voices.